Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. I'd like to remind us again that this is week number two of the Lent series. And uh, as we start this morning, um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's important for us to think back on this past week. Normally, I encourage us to look forward, be future-oriented, but occasionally it takes a moment to recap the previous week and uh, consider all the good that has happened in our lives this past week, all the challenges, all the good, all the difficult things, and be mindful of the grace of God during these days. We're in blue with, when it comes to COVID. You guys all know that, right? That's cause for celebration, I think, right? So keep praying about that. Yeah, keep praying about that. This is such a, it's such a difficult time this past year has been, but, uh, but it feels to me like we're about to, uh, to move into a different era, if you will. And when we do, we'll have the tape off the rows, we won't wear masks, and hopefully that comes sooner rather than later. But here we are this morning, week number two, From the Ashes. This is a Lenten collection of talks. And uh, just a reminder, if you're not familiar with Lent, Lent is a time of fasting, of praying, of introspection, of lament, confession, and of repentance. It's a time of realigning ourselves to be prepared for the work of the resurrected Christ to be realized in us. Now, many times when we think about the work of God in us, we think about the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit in us, and we want that, right? We want the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me just suggest that this power is not so much positional as it is, as it is a personal. So we don't seek power for position. We seek power to live our lives out in such a way that is Holy Spirit driven, in such a way that is glorifying to Almighty God. Because we want more love. We want more grace. We want a greater awareness of our need for a savior, deeper commitment to the way of Jesus. As we go through Lent, it's all about more of him and less of me. Today, I want to talk to you about despair, despair, about falling out of favor. Have you ever found uh, that the the trajectory of your life has taken a left turn? Like the wheels have come off the road, off the bus. The wheels have come off and you're stuck. Like the world has turned itself against you and left you feeling all the feels. I know. I get it. Falling out of favor with humanity is one thing. Those of us in leadership, we know all about falling out of favor with humanity in these days. If there's a decision to be made, there's usually a 
certain number of people that would align with that decision and then there's another decision to be made and there's another certain amount of people who would align with that. But when we know that our decisions and choices have caused us to fall out of favor with God, and by the way, do you know that those are not always mutually exclusive? Because when our popularity is waning with people, when distance is experienced, it's in those moments that it would, it would uh, behoove us to dig deep, to do some introspection, and ensure that we have done all we can to live at peace with God and with man. Being out of sync with humans might be because we're out of alignment with God. Not always. Sometimes it's other humans that are out of sync. But this requires a level of honesty and maturity that somehow escapes some of us. Look, if, if your personal relationships are falling apart, if you can't seem to maintain friendships, and if those challenging relationships, in those challenging relationships, you are the common denominator, I think you've got your sign. You're probably out of sync with your creator God, the one who calls you made in his image, the Imago Dei. And since we were made in his image, we are his representatives on earth. So don't waste a moment. Don't waste a moment. Lament the sin, the separation. Confess and repent. Figure out what got you there and try to avoid going down that road again. Learn the lessons of life. Take them to heart. Choose differently. And don't live in despair. I mean, I'm encouraged by the words of, the, of Luke when he writes in chapter 2 of the New Testament. He says, even Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Jesus didn't just magically begin to be in favor with, with favor with God and man. He grew into it. And if Jesus can grow into it, my goodness, you and I have a lot of hope, don't we? You and I have a lot of potential because we too can grow from where we are today into a place of favor with God and with man. You know, sometimes, sometimes our falling out of favor is because we've ignored the rumble strips. You know those, those things on the side of the highway that are there to wake you up when you fall asleep? Or is it just me? Wake me up when I'm getting tired and I get off to the side a little bit and that sound wakes me up. That sound simply means that, hey, pay attention because there's some solid feedback coming back if you don't pay attention to the rumble strip. Sometimes we get out of sync with other people. Sometimes we fall out of favor with God because we have not paid attention to those rumble strips. And if we don't pay attention to the rumble strips, the next thing we know, we're going to get some direct, hard feedback because the guardrails are right there. And when we hit those guardrails, we certainly know, we certainly know that we've gotten off track. So we, we wander offline and we cause harm when we don't listen to the rumble strips and guardrails in our lives. So take a moment and lament and confess and repent because this is the significance of the season of Lent. We can't ignore the signs. We can't keep pushing them aside. But we must take action to get back on track, back between the guardrails. Here's the thing. 
if we choose to stay in lament. When we decide that out of favor, well, that's just my lot in life. I'm going to live in despair. Don't do that. When you do that, you believe a lie and you fall into despair. And despair, uh, hopelessness, is a terrible place to live. But there is an upside. Dis despair, it serves a purpose. So some in the uh, world of psychology would tell you to wallow in it. So, have you ever seen a pig wallow in mud? My grandfather raised pigs. And I remember well pigs wallowing in mud and how much they loved it and they got real comfortable in it. But don't get comfortable in your despair. Because out of the despair, like let it do its work. Let it, let it help you think about those reasons why you are in despair. Learn from, this, from those moments. But let despair do its work and then get up. Because when you hit bottom, when you hit bottom, up is all you've got to go. And up is infinitely better than down here. Norman Vincent Peale, many years ago, he gave us this quote, and I, uh, I believe in it wholeheartedly. If you want things to be different, perhaps the answer is to become different yourself. If you want things to be different, perhaps the answer is to become different yourself. So what posture do you take when you despair, when you feel defeated, when God is silent and far away? Do you conclude that he is good? And worth coming home to? Or is it an opportunity to run from him, to run from God, from which no one can hide? But we sure try, don't we? We sure try. In Psalm 77, we read about a worship leader, Asaph. Asaph was a worship leader for both David and Solomon. You might conclude that in the Old, in the Old Testament, in the, in the, uh, uh, with the children of Israel, when someone was as high in stature as a worship leader in the temple for both David, King David and King Solomon, you might conclude correctly that he'd sort of reached the pinnacle. He'd sort of reached the pinnacle. He was a gifted individual. He understood where the gift came from. And he, he used his music to praise the Lord and communicate his word to a, a needy world. But, but Asaph found himself in despair. Now, we don't know for sure what got him there. But what we know is that this worship leader had the ability to articulate his grievances, to express his despair, to, to express his outrage at where was God? Why was he missing? Why wasn't he acting in my behalf? These are his words. Turn with me, if you will, and it'll be on the screen as well. All of you online, grab your Bibles. Let's read together from Psalm 77. These are the words of Asaph. He says, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. 
I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I, I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Now he starts asking, has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. Sounds like he's in despair, doesn't it? You know, when we're in a state of melancholy, it is then that we may be tempted to conclude some things about our own state of spirituality, about the kingdom of God. We may be tempted to think that God has abandoned us, that he has cast us off, that grace and mercy have failed, and, and that God is withholding from us. But we, but we like Asaph, must remember and let the word of God speak, remembering his faithfulness. We may ask things like, where is he? Is he gone from us? No, scripture says God has not abandoned us. His love endures forever. Do his promises fail forever? No, it is impossible for God to lie. Has God forgotten to be gracious? No, he cannot deny himself in his own name, which he says is gracious, which he says is merciful. God cannot lie. His word is true. It is trustworthy. Asaph remembers God's faithfulness. And he stops complaining. He stops calling out in despair. He stops venting to God. And he says in verse 11, he says, but then, I love those two words, but then, I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Asaph, he cried out for change to come. He said, God, I need courage. I need courage. Courage to combat this doubt. God answered, and, and the interesting thing in the scripture is that when, when he recognized the truth about his situation, when he recognized the truth about God, his eye is gone. The word eye is gone. He stops referring to himself, and his focus is shifting from self-pity, from self-worship. You know, the I, I, I that we always do? I this, me this, I that. This, this focus on self. Peel the layers back, and you'll find that it's about self-worship. But he turns his, himself to worship of God. But, and only when he aligned himself with the truth of God's word did he eliminate the stress and, and distress in his life, the doubt in his life. And then in 13, look at verse 13 with me. He says, oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and they trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. 
Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. Yeah, he's referring to the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea, leaving Egypt. And he's saying, there was a pathway there, and we didn't even know it. Are you defeated this morning? Do you feel like you're in despair? Do you, have, you been, have you been wallowing in despair? Maybe it's because there's a pathway that you haven't seen yet. Maybe it's because there's a pathway ahead of you that stepping out of despair will be revealed to you. I love this passage from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You will experience his favor again. He has not left you. You will experience his favor again. I wonder what that pathway is that you're looking for. Is it a way out of the place that you're currently in? Has your imagination failed you? Has creativity been a thing of the past? What is keeping you stuck this morning? What is keeping you in despair? Where have you given up? For some of us, it is sickness. For some of us, we simply have given up all hope of change in our lives, in our families' lives. It's not difficult to get there. The difficulty, the challenge is, into, is to believe that there is a pathway where we don't see a path right now. The difficulty is to lean on God for understanding, for deep understanding. It's easy for us to, to lean on ourselves, to not step into the next place because it doesn't make sense. I'm telling you this morning, some of you are sitting here having these questions and God wants to lift you out of despair. He wants to lift you out of the place that you're currently mired in, the place you're currently wallowing in and bring you to a new place, to bring you to a new place. Would you stand with me? See, we want the favor of God. We want the delight of God. You know what happens when we favor someone? We want to be with them. We connect in ways with them that we don't with everyone else. In the same way, God shows favor to the ones who delight in, who connect with, and give honor to him. Do you hear me? God shows favor to the ones who delight in, who connect with, and who give honor to him. In Isaiah 66, 2, he says, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. When we're committed we seek his favor more than we seek the favor of anyone else. We want his approval more than the approval of anyone else. 
See, God is capable. He is trustworthy. Remember his miracles. Remember his faithfulness. When you hit a wall, when you have difficult days, when they arrive at your doorstep completely unwelcome, but they arrive at your doorstep, even then remember how good God is and be encouraged that he is still good even when the days are evil, when the days are long, even then he is good. He seeks those who love him, who love him, who love his commands, those who do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with him so that he can bless, so that he can guide, and so that he can protect. Does this, does this mean that everyone who is prosperous and healthy has found favor with God? <laughs> of course not. Of course it doesn't. Just as suffering is not an automatic indication that we are outside of his favor. Do you hear me? Just because someone doesn't look like they're suffering does not mean that they are in the favor of God. And just because someone is suffering does not mean they are out of the favor of God. Consider the Bible heroes like Noah and Moses and Daniel and Mary to just name a few. They were favored by God but afflicted by the experience of being human. So you who are favored of God, know that he is with you and nothing can happen to you apart from his good purposes. You guys, you have his ear. You have his ear when you walk through dark valleys because he is a good God whose heart is inclined towards those who seek his favor, who humble their hearts before him and rearrange their lives to love with heart, soul, mind, and strength. The bottom line, friends, bottom line, friends, this morning is that if the favor of God is our desire, then be assured that the way to find favor is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The way to find favor is to put your faith, not in yourself. The way to find your way out of despair and defeat is to put your faith in Jesus. And by the way, by the way, there is, there is no one else, no other God is coming for us. God sent Jesus. No other God has the capacity to do what our God has done. No other God is love. No other God looks on you with favor. No one is above our God. Our God is true. He is worthy. He has come for us. And he's calling us to come home to him. It is with this assurance that we say in this season of Lent, God, you are good. It is with this assurance of his love and favor, his being for us, not against us. It is with this assurance that we declare again together with the ancients, the Apostles' Creed. And so we say this together this morning. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, are you in despair? Do you want to be in the flow of his favor? If you need help this morning to get there, we have a prayer ministry team that is at the back of the auditorium this morning. And for those of you online, you can uh, put your prayer requests right into the chat and we'll have someone praying with you there as well. But I'd encourage you this morning, don't wait till you're completely wallowing in your despair and in your frustration and anxiety to have someone come alongside and pray with you. Do it this morning. We love you guys. And uh, let's sing now as we celebrate what God wants to do. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.